want to welcome you to Inside the Pages, presented by the Cornerstone of Grace, located at 524 East Pasadena Street in the city of Pomona, California. Sunday praise and worship begins at 9 a.m., Wednesday Bible study at 7 p.m. And we believe the Bible is the word of God. Therefore, we're faithful, we're bold. We believe the best way to face opposition is by obedience to the word of God. And so with that being said, we want to seek God in, in prayer. We want to acknowledge him because God has been good to all of us. And so while we're seeking him in prayer, uh, we're going to allow this song by Jason Nelson uh, forever to, to play while we're praying. And so enjoy and worship and, and you should pray too. The Bible said man should always pray. And so it's important that we seek God with our whole heart and then we'll go on further with our opening scripture into the service of the Lord. Mighty God, bless your name, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Just wherever you are, just if you're at work, maybe in the car. Think about God's commitment to you and your commitment to him.
We thank you for your goodness and your grace, Lord. We thank you, Lord God, for your mercy, your kindness. Lord God, your commitment to us. Lord, you have loved us. You have loved us when we was right. You've loved us when we was wrong. Lord God, and we're here this morning to honor you. We're here, Lord God, to bless your holy name, to lift you up to exalt you above every situation. Lord, sometimes we get caught up. Lord God, and we forget how great you are. Lord God, and we ask your forgiveness. We ask for your mercy. Lord Jesus, help us to be focused on you. Help us to acknowledge you, your word. You gave us a path. You told us that if we acknowledge you in all of our all of our ways, if we just acknowledge you, that you would direct our path. Lord God, you've given us that promise. Oh, Holy Ghost, thank you, Lord. You've given us your word. Hallelujah. Hey, hey glory. Bless your name, Jesus. You've given us your word. Oh, bless your name, Savior. Lord God, thank you. Lord, and so I pray and ask that you would bless us to remember, to acknowledge you in all our ways so that you can direct our paths. That is your will. Lord God, that is your will. That is your word. Lord Jesus, help us to abide by your word. I pray and ask that you would remember each one that had committed themselves to fasting, Lord God, on, on Wednesdays, Lord God, and Lord Jesus, as they as we came to the end on, on last Wednesday of the fast, the consecration, Lord God, Lord, I pray and ask that you remember those that were faithful. Those, Lord God, that that made the sacrifice. I, I ask that you would bless them, Lord God, as we were, as we have been fasting and we continue to pray for your wisdom, your knowledge, and your understanding. We know that your wisdom, your knowledge and understanding goes further than money. It goes further than favor. It goes further than anything else. And it blesses us to live according to your will. Save, Lord. Lord, we pray and ask that you would save souls. Lord, each one that tunes in, that they would tell another. Lord God, and that you would bless them through your word. Bless them through song. Bless them, Lord God, to uh, Lord God, to fortify their walk with you, to draw nigh, to draw near to you, Lord God. Lord, we thank you for an opportunity on this day. 
Lord, this first day of October that you have given us, you've given us breath, you've given us a reasonable portion of health so that we can testify, we can sing praises, we can think of your goodness, we can magnify you, Lord. Oh, bless you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Lord God, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Lord God, carry us further into your service. Help us to do your will, Lord. Lord, if there's any sick that is among us, we pray for their healing. Each one that is under the sound of my voice, each one that is listening near and far, ask that you would bless them. Lord, and as we cast our nets out, we ask, Lord God, that you would bless the draw. In the name of Jesus, we're going to be careful to give you praise and to give you glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. At this time, we're going to have our opening scripture before we, and we're going to go further into the, the service. We know that this is the day that the Lord has made, and we can and will rejoice and be glad in it. Mighty God, you know, I, I was I was getting dressed this morning. I'm telling you, I thought about so many different things that could have, that would have, but God. I love that statement, but God. And when you see that in the, in the scripture, it ought to make your heart glad too, because you know that there's somebody that is fighting for you, our opening scripture. Psalms 150, praise ye the Lord, praise God in the sanctuary, praise him in the pyramids of his power, praise him for his mighty acts, praise him according to his excellent greatness, praise him with the sounds of the trumpet, praise him with the sorcery and harp, praise him with the timbrel and dance, praise him with the stringed instruments and organs. Praise him with a loud symbol. Praise him upon the high sounding symbol. Let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. Acts 2, 46 and 47. And they continued daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house. Did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily, such as should be saved. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading and the hearing of his word. Amen. Truly thank and praise God. And again, I want to thank you for joining the online service. If you're looking for a church home, growth and ministry, I want to invite you to join us, grow with us, and be blessed with us. Now on October 8th, which is next Sunday, uh, we will be having a family and friends day. And so we had sending out um, many invitations to that day and that service. And you know, you're gonna want to forward the invitation that you receive to others as well. People go where they wanna go and we do what we wanna do. When we wanna do it, how we wanna do it, it just we just do stuff, you know, and we should feel that way about God. I mean, we'll go to parties. We'll go all over the place. We'll go to dinner. We'll drive 40, 50 miles 
to go and, and have something that we that we desire, we should give that same respect unto God. Amen. And, and so we'll we'll elaborate more on that another time. But at this time, we're gonna go on and, and I have a, a, a song that was on my heart as I was coming into service. And, and you should also, as you're preparing for service, you know, um, some of you that are listening are preparing to go to service or you're returning from service, depending on your, your location. And, and so you should always prepare for service. You know, preparation for service begins before you get up in the morning. It actually begins before you uh, put your shoes and socks on or, or whatever you're about to put on. It begins before you get in your car to get there. It, it begins uh, way before preparation for entering into the house of God. Matter of fact, the Bible tells us how we're supposed to enter into the service of the Lord. It, it tells us how to enter into the service of the Lord. Now, this doesn't diminish uh, that you might be dealing with a challenge or anything like that. It doesn't take away from that. But it tell us how to enter into the service of the Lord. It makes a difference. It makes a difference how we enter in. Now, notice I didn't give the scripture and <laughs> of how we, because your mind should now be uh, the blood should be flowing, the oxygen should be moving uh, both naturally and, and spiritually for you to understand how to enter into uh, the house of the Lord. All right. And so with that being said, help me with a little bit of this song and and then um, and then we're gonna go on further in. Uh, the song said, oh, magnify the Lord, for he is worthy to be praised. Is that right? Okay. Oh, magnify the Lord. For he is worthy to be praised. Oh, magnify the Lord. For he is worthy to be praised. Hosanna, blessed be the rock. Blessed be the rock of my salvation. Hosanna, blessed be the rock. Blessed be the rock of my salvation. Oh, magnify, oh, magnify the Lord, for he is worthy to be praised. Oh, magnify the Lord, for he is worthy to be praised. Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed be the rock, blessed be the rock of
salvation. Thank you, Lord. Thank God for that particular praise. I believe there is another mighty God. And so as we magnify the Lord, as we bless the Lord, as we bless him, we bless him in the beauty of holiness. You know, God is looking for those that are willing to praise him in spite of. We praise him in spite of. Bless you, Jesus. Mighty God. Are you hurting and broken within? Overwhelmed by the weight of your sin? Jesus is calling. Have you come to the end of yourself? Do you thirst for a drink from the well? Jesus is calling. Oh, come to the altar. The Father's arms are open wide. Forgiveness was bought with the precious blood of Jesus Christ.
Hallelujah. Oh, what a Jesus. He'll bear your cross. All you have to do is bring it. You know, his shoulders are wide enough for the entire world. Plus some. Plus. Plus some. Because there has been generation, generation. Mighty God, what a wonderful Savior. Come to the altar. We're going to go on into the Word of God. Thank you for that that selection. And, you know, we're, we're working on some things here. We're working some things out in our, in our electronics department. And, you know, we thank God for, uh, again, for, for what he is doing. We're going to go on into the word of God. The word is on ready. It's on ready. The word is on ready. And so I want to direct your attention this morning to the book of Mark. Book of Mark. And I have a few scriptures here. I'm going to start with the third chapter. Mark, the 
third chapter, the 10th verse. Give you a moment. Maybe you're using your device or, or your paperback. I have my paperback with me. And I love books because I like writing in my books. I like highlighting. I like underlining. I like making notes, drawing lines and all those different things. And, I, and then there are other times that I may have the book, the audible version playing while I'm reading it. Now, for the students, I'm a student. I'm, I'm not the youngest student, but I'm a student. And so there are a lot of different ways of learning. And sometimes you may be reading something that has some terminology that is a little challenging even to pronounce for some of us. It may not be everyone, but, but if you're listening to the audible version of it, you'll learn how to pronounce it. And so it helps. And that's just, and that's for all students. Now, all of us should be a student. And that's just my opinion because you can never rise above your knowledge. When, whatever, whatever, wherever you allow your knowledge to stop and you just stop learning, that's it. That's where you are. That's where you are. And so the only thing that that allows you to do is, is to revert back to old stuff, old stuff. And when you get into old stuff, it's not stimulating as the new stuff. We thrive on stimulation. Now, the word of God is inexhaustible. From Genesis to Revelation, the word of God is inexhaustible. So you will always be stimulated by the word of God. No matter how many times you read it, uh, I guarantee there's gonna be something that you're going to discover there is an understanding. Uh, the Bible tells us that the Lord went with the disciples and, and, and before his ascension, the Bible said he opened their understanding. That's why they were able to go forth and when uh, they understood what he meant by, by, by Matthew's the 28th chapter, when he told them to, to baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. He had opened their understanding and they knew that remission of sin was in his name. And so from that moment, they began to preach in Jesus' name. They baptized in Jesus' name. They prayed in Jesus' name. Even Apostle Paul, when he came on the scene, said, whatever you do in word or deed, do in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so they understood that that is a key element. And people are praying all over the place. And this is not our message today. And they pray in Jesus' name. And they go that far and they stop right there. You're missing out on something. But listen, the book of Mark. Now, I was just talking so that you can, so that you can find uh, the, the scripture. Mark, the third chapter. We're going to start at the 10th verse. And I solicit your prayers uh, this morning. The Bible says, for he had healed many. He healed many. He healed many. And so much that they pressed upon him for to touch him. I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying that for it right now. Now I'm just really enjoying that. <laughs> because they are doing what they did then is what I'm doing right now. 
And remember, I, I take God and, and his word and I, I take the service of the Lord very personal. It's very personal to, for me, you know, and, and it should be as personal for you. They pressed upon him to touch him. When we come into the service of the Lord, we are coming with a press that we might touch him. And sometimes, as I said, when we come into the service of the Lord, we know how to come in because the scripture tell us how to, I'm giving a hint here, how to enter into his gates. And so we know how to enter into his gates. And sometimes there is a, sometimes we have to press. It may not be the crowd of people, uh, but we're pressing past the thoughts. We're pressing past the emotions. And, and so we, there is a press that goes on. In so much that they pressed upon him for to touch him. As many as had plagues. Are you plagued with something this morning? Are you plagued by something this morning? It's all right. It's all right because you're not the first person that have had to deal with a plague and you won't be the last person. What you do about it is what makes the difference. And it's this instance, those that was plagued with something pressed their way upon him that they might touch him. The Bible says an unclean spirit, the 11th verse, when they saw him, fell down before him and cried, saying, Thou art the Son of God. Those spirits, unclean spirits. Unclean covers is a very large statement. Some of us had unclean spirits. That's why it's so personal. Some of us uh, know our backgrounds. It don't matter, it could have been 30, 40, 50 years ago, and we're grateful for what we are right now. But when we look back and remember where we were and the things that we did, it, it, hey, we're grateful because the Bible said that the Lord dealt with those unclean spirits. And when they saw him, they fell down before him and cried, saying, Thou art the Son of God. And he straightly charged them that they should not make him known. Mark, the fifth chapter, I have a few verses to read from. And they came over unto the other side of the sea into the country of the gardens, Gadarenes. And when he was come out of the ship, so they sailed over, and immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit. A man with an unclean spirit. Now, you can look at a person 
you can get in a car. You may walk into their home on a job, smell them, and understand if they are clean or not. Then there are those that wear a suit, have gold and silver and very groomed very well. But yet they have an unclean spirit, an unclean spirit. This man had an unclean spirit. Now Lazarus was sleeping on the streets. Lazarus had sores on his body. Lazarus was begging for food. He needed medical attention. He couldn't get the help from uh, the person that could help him. And the Bible said the dogs licked his sores. That's the only comfort he had. And we would think about that and say, oh, that's nasty. Look at that dog lick, you know, but he had a clean spirit. He had a clean spirit. He didn't have an unclean spirit. He had a clean spirit. So we can't judge every book by its cover. The Bible said that this man was dwelling among the tombs and no man could bind him. No, not with chains or any other method because he had been often bound by fretters, handcuffed, chained up, and he would break them. His his the strength that this man had. You know, um, I remember when PCP was all over the place. We had rock cocaine, crack, you know, all that kind of stuff. PCP, uh, which is a um, which is what they used to embalm bodies. But people was dipping cigarettes in it and smoking it, you know, and all of this kind of stuff. And uh, you. Um, some of you was just children, didn't know anything about that. Now, I'm so glad that you didn't. But there was those of us that did. And people did all kind of things. People ran through the streets naked, climbed up telephone poles. Yep, naked. Did all kind of stuff, couldn't hold could not hold a person down by yourself because they did not feel the pain because of the PCP. Some departments, in order to uh, to try to stop, they uh, escalated their firepower. I, I won't call them, but, but one city started carrying 45s because the 38 wasn't going to stop them. It wasn't going to put them down. The person didn't feel it. And so the 45 would break bones and, and shatter arteries and different things that would slow them down. A lot of people died from that. They would break handcuffs. At the same time, they were breaking bones. This man was not on PCP. This man had not had any cocaine that we are aware of or any other substance abuse or self-sedated in any kind of way that we're aware of.
But the Bible said he had an unclean spirit. And with that spirit, he was breaking chains. And they couldn't control him. The Bible said it, it, he broke them in pieces. They couldn't tame him. They couldn't talk to him. No matter what they said would not work. Scribes, that included the scribes, Pharisees, chief priests, and everybody. It didn't work. The Bible, and it says, and always night and day he was in the tombs and in the mountains, crying and cutting himself with stones. I don't have to tell you about the self-inflicted wounds that people have because of the situation that they have found themselves in. The self-inflicted wounds because of the pain that they're dealing with. This is why it's so important that we uh, remember not only where we have come from, but where a person is, they don't want to be there. They don't want to be there. This man did not want to be where he was in the tombs. He's in the graveyards. He's in the mountain. People have made him into a folktale a scary man, a scary monster. You know, some of you, uh, uh, their movies. Don't don't get into the mirror and start and say Mary, Mary five, six times, whatever, you know. Uh, <laughs> all of these different things, you know, that people have done. Uh, can you imagine that he was also treated this way? That kids would maybe walk by, they would go out of their way, going home or going to the store or out playing, I dare you to go over and to that fence because they knew this man was over there in pain. He had an unclean spirit. They didn't know. They didn't discern what was going on, but they what they saw of him. The sixth verse says, but, but when he saw Jesus, mm, mighty God, that is what makes the difference. When I came to church, when I saw Jesus, it made the difference. When this man saw Jesus afar off, there was hope. I see something, I see someone, I see something about them that I have never seen before. Ah, bless your Lord. Mm. I see something. And now I have some hope. When I when I come to service, I am not coming just to out of a ritual, out of a habit, 
out of because this is what I was told I needed to do as a child. And I've just been doing it ever since. No, I'm coming because I saw. And when I go, I am hoping to see it again. But when he saw Jesus afar off, he he didn't just look in awe. But the Bible said he ran and worshiped him. When you see Jesus, you ought to run and worship him. When you feel the presence of the Lord, you ought to go and worship him. One of the things about I, I love about the, the, the church, the altar, is that the message could be going on. The song could be going on. It does not stop you from going to the altar. It doesn't stop you. And listen, at COG, Cornerstone of Grace, when you feel the, the need, I need to go to the altar and just seek God. Nothing stop is preventing you from going to the altar and seeking the Lord. This man saw Jesus and he worshiped him and he cried with a loud voice and said, what have I to do with thee, Jesus? Thou son of God, most high, I adjure thee by, by God that thou torment me not. We're going someplace here. Acts the 19th chapter. Acts, the 19th chapter, beginning at verse 13. Then certain of the vagabonds, Jews, exorcists, took upon themselves to call over them that had evil spirits. So there are a group of people, vagabonds, some travelers, some people that have witnessed the saints in action as the spirit of the Lord led them. And they called some people over and the people that they called over in my mind, they observed them and said, well, they, they look like they meet a certain characteristic. They have evil spirits. We're looking at their actions. We're hearing what they're saying. We see what they're doing. Something ain't right about them. So they call them over. They had evil spirits. The Bible said they had evil spirits. And they told them, them which had evil spirits, the name of the Lord Jesus said, we adjure thee by the name of Jesus, whom Paul preached. We heard Paul preach the gospel. We heard Pastor Carl preach the gospel. We heard others preach the gospel. And so now they want to try this for themselves. And there were seven sons of Sceva. There were seven people that was witnessing this along with others. A Jew and chief priests, which did so. And the evil spirit answered and said, Jesus, I know. And Paul, I know. But who are you? Who are you? I want to deal with this 
topic, won't have be able to do it all morning, but he knows you. We talk about God knowing us and he does. We'll get, but I want you to know something else. The devil knows who you are. People have made statements, incorrect statements. The devil is powerless. That, that's not Bible. The Bible never said the devil was powerless. No, he's full of power. But people have said he don't have any power. But the Bible said he does. Now, he does not operate outside of what God gives him permission to do. But it takes power. But that's not the only thing he has. He knows you. You need to understand that. He knows you. He knows who you are. Job, the Bible said there was a man in the land of us whose name was Job, and that man was perfect. He practiced perfection. I hope that you are practicing perfection, practicing perfection on the job, practicing perfection in the church, practicing perfection in school. The Bible said that he was perfect and upright. He wasn't cutting corners. He wasn't cheating to get where he was trying to go. He practiced. He was a man of integrity and one that feared God. Now, the difference is that you can practice being perfect. You can be very skilled in whatever area that you're going to be skilled in. And you can do it a right way, but it doesn't mean that you fear God. It doesn't mean that you fear God. It doesn't mean that you have any respect or honor for God at all. But Job feared God and he hated evil. The Bible said he eschewed evil. Now, there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves. When we come to church, we're coming to present ourselves. It, it, there's a difference. Those that are believers are coming to present themselves because uh, we're the audience of the church. Nope. That, yeah, that's right. Your head should be saying, no, we're not. <laughs> no, we're not. God is the audience. We're there. We come to worship him. We come to exalt him. We come to magnify. Oh, magnify the Lord. We come to magnify him. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. And as we're coming up the steps and we're greeting, well, hey, praise the Lord. Hey, good morning. How you doing? And, you know, uh, we, we're coming to Matt. All of us have the same thing in mind. We can look at each other. Oh, magnify the Lord and let us exalt his name together. We both we're thinking the same thought. That we're here to magnify the Lord and exalt him. So now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord. And Satan came also among them. He was not prevented. 
he was told he was not told no you can't come into this this assembly the bible said that he came also among them and the lord acknowledged him the lord acknowledged him god acknowledged him when's coming die where you been then satan answered the lord and said from going to and fro in the earth and from walking up and down in it and the lord said unto satan well and i'm paraphrasing it but well since you've been going to and fro on the earth and you've been east north south and west and 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 east east uh south and all of that and and west north you've been all over the place have you looked at job have you checked brother job out have you uh, paid attention to him since you've been all over the place? I, I want to point out Job. Have you considered my servant? Job is my servant. Have you checked him out? Job, just a man, just like you and me. I'm, I'm going to call him uh, um, uh, brother. Um, it just just a just a cup of joe that's all he was was just a regular cup of joe okay yes his name was joe regular cup of joe there's none like him plain old black coffee there's none like him perfect upright man one that feared god and hate evil the Bible is clear on the issues of Job's characteristic, just as it is clear on the on our characteristics. The Job was one that that uh, he said, you know, I can do without all of the shenanigans that I've seen. I can do it all this without the shenanigans that that there may be some that he experienced, but then he reached a point in his life where he said, you know what, time to cut the shenanigans out. Maybe, maybe he heard and understood what God told Abraham. Walk before men, be perfect. We don't, we were not, but he, the messenger, the words that was echoed in the atmosphere that came in the vision that was received by Abraham, we, Job may have received those same words. Now, the Bible is clear about the practice. Uh, it's clear about holiness, saints, sinners, even those that practice Christianity. Everyone that say I'm a Christian is not a practicing Christian. When they were in Antioch and the people called them Christians because they saw a resemblance of something, not a belief. There's a difference and say, well, I practice Christianity or to say I am a Christian because I believe in God. Uh, people say I'm a Christian to separate themselves from Hinduism. They say I'm a Christian to separate themselves from uh, from Buddhism. I'm a Christian to separate themselves from Islam. Uh, they use it in those phrases. But when we talk about Christianity, we're talking about or at least I'm talking about those that practice. Practice what God has said. First Peter 
4, 12, beginning at 12, it said, Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trials, which is to try you, as though some strange thing happened unto you. Sometimes we think it's strange, but it's not a strange thing that happened. But rejoice in as much as ye are partakers of Christ's suffering, that when his glory shall be revealed, ye may be glad also with exceeding joy. If ye be reproached for the name of Christ, happy are ye for the spirit of glory and of God rest upon you. On their part, he is evil spoken of, but on your part, he is glorified. But let none of you suffer as a murderer, Christian, those do not suffer as murderers, or as a thief, Christians are not stealing, or as an evildoer, which is a very broad statement of whatever you do that's evil that you know you should not be doing, or as a busybody, nosy, just as nosy as all get out, know the gossip of every thing, every person, some preachers you can't confess to because on um, you confessed on Wednesday and on Sunday morning, you the message. Ain't nobody else in the church having that issue. You know it's you because the, the <laughs> my God. Busy body and other people, other man's matters. Yet if any man suffer as a Christian, someone that is practicing holiness, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God on his on this behalf. Now, this is going to mess with some folks. But the term Christian, uh, according to Peter, is someone that that uh, resembles from the inside out. Something on the inside, working on the outside. Oh, what a change in my life. Something on the inside, working on the outside. Oh, what a change in my life. What's working on the inside is reflected on the outside and others see it without you telling them. Others see it without you saying anything. I'm going into Ralph's store. I have on gym clothes. I am not carrying my Bible. I do not have a chain around my neck. And yet a woman says, you, I saw you when you walked into the store. Now we're going out of the store about the same time. And she said, you are a man of God. You go to church. I want my husband to go to church. What can I do to help further that? Don't beat them up. Please don't beat them up. Don't swing the word like a hammer. God said his word is like a hammer. Let him, he's very skilled in using his hammer, but we're not that skilled. We need to get wisdom on how to use the hammer because we, we're not, we're going to hit them in the head with it and we're going to hit our own thumb with it. We're all going to walk bruised up. So you're going to have to pray. And so we had a good conversation for about an hour. But there was nothing that made me that I, the Pharisees would stand in a robe in the marketplace as if they just left service so that people would recognize them as being 
uh, someone from the church. Uh, that's not my story, and I, I hope that's not your story either. Well, I only wear white because I'm representing holiness. Put some color on. Put some color on you. Matter of fact, a little makeup too. Listen. Christianity, the first man and woman created by God. Just think about Christianity. Genesis 1, 27, 28, for God created man in his image. In the image of God created he man, male and female created he them. And God blessed them. And God said unto them, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowls of the air and over every living thing that. Hmm. So wouldn't they reflect Christianity since they were made in his image, both male and female? The term Christianity. That term was not there, but the characteristic was there. The first man and woman was created by the hand of God. He spoke everything else into existence and let there be light. And he called and they came out to sea and they came out the ocean and let it bring forth. But when it came down to the creation of us, man was formed from the dust of the ground. We were created in his image. And then that pile of dirt. Now, how did God do that? When he created that image, was that image just standing there? I mean, Gumby, he was once a little green slab of clay. Now, listen, <laughs> was he just laying there? Was he leaning against a tree? What, however, he was just existing. If you ever if you've been to the beach, you you've made stuff at the beach, a sandcastle and all that kind of stuff. You know, we made stuff out of dirt. And if you maybe in your backyard, there was a little spot where the grass didn't grow and you played with water and mud and all that kind of stuff. We did. Listen. But the day came or the moment came that the Bible said he blew into his nostrils. God blew into his nostrils that when he blew Adam did not inhale. He couldn't. He couldn't inhale. So when God blew, the breath that was blown into him entered into the channels of the nostril and stimulated everything else about him. And man became a living soul. He became a living soul. And so when he blew into him, he contained the spirit until he uh, until and he was well informed. And then he made a decision to eat a kumquat. I, I called it a kumquat because people are talking about, well, I don't eat apples because uh, they ate an apple in the garden. The Bible did not say what kind of it didn't say it was a dragon fruit. It didn't say it was a banana. It didn't say it was a kumquat. It didn't say anything. It was as far as you know, if it was a cantaloupe. He ate from the a forbidden. You got it. The Bible doesn't say anything about the type of fruit. Just like the Bible doesn't say anything about 
They didn't have Polaroids in that day, but yet we have all these pictures. Listen, it was at that moment, life changed for both of them, Adam and Eve and humanity. They immediately felt the effects of their actions and experienced shame for the first time. They felt the opposite of righteousness. They knew what righteousness was, but now they feel the opposite of righteousness. They felt the opposite of holiness. They repositioned themselves from godliness to ungodliness, from sainthood to ain't, from anointed to disappointed. The first invisible image of God, Romans 5 says, wherefore as by one man sin came entering into the world and by death, so death passed from all men for all have sinned. Until the law, sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed where there is no law. Nonetheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses and it continued on. What happened afterwards is what we know or what we know as a God only intervention. The Bible said the word became flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory as the only begotten son of the father, full of grace and truth. And then Timothy, uh, Paul speaks to Timothy and says, uh, the, uh, I want to encourage you and I want to give you uh, give you this. And, uh, you know, I want you to understand that without controversy, greatest the mystery of godliness, God was manifested in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world. Now, our opening text speaks about the healing that came forth. When you go to the physical, when you go to the church, the church is a healing place. It's a healing place. You go to the gas station to be got to gas your vehicle up in California, $6 a, a gallon and, and even a little higher in some other places. And you, but you go, you still gonna go to fill up. Even if you're not going nowhere, you still gonna fill it up. You ought to come to church. Use some of that to come to church. It's a healing station and you need to be filled up. The Bible tells us this. And so his actions spoke louder than his words. Uh, the third chapter. They were amazed at his doctrine. But Jesus also uh, told them, said, believe, uh, don't just believe what I say, but believe in my very work's sake. Believe in what I'm doing. The, those unclean spirits recognized him as the anointed one. The same one that would have been slain from the foundation of the world. Revelation 13. They witnessed what happened. Those spirits, those spirits. Remember, those spirits were existing out of time. And there was a lamb that had been slain before the foundation of the world. They would have witnessed this. They would have witnessed this. And so they knew who the son of God was. Those unclean spirit don't tell anyone because they knew him just as those spirits know you. I'm, 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 I'm getting ready to stop. I just want to drive home the point of those spirits knowing you in the fifth chapter. That man had unclean spirits, but they were told, do not. 
Those spirits understood. Matthew said those spirits understood who he was and said, did you come to torment us before our time? They knew the will and they know the will of God. They can read, they can hear, they can write. And they are well informed of the season. You need to read and understand and become well informed of the season. Where you are, what's going on with you right now because the enemy knows. He knows. He knows you. The Bible tells us, behold, they cried out saying, what have we to do with thee, Jesus? What do we have to do with you? You come to torment us. Spirits should see you coming and not want to have anything to do with you. And the only reason that they would want to have something to do is because God gave them permission. Just as when Satan came and God said, have you considered my servant, Job? Other than that, there should not be a dealing because they are afraid and fear God and you are a child of God. Touch not my anointed and do my prophet no harm. Spirit, body or disembodied spirit. That's the order. Isaiah uh, 43 says, Look unto me and be saved, all ye ends of the earth, for I am God and there is none else. I have sworn by myself, the word has gone out of my mouth in righteousness and shall not return that unto me every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess. Every tongue is going to swear that Jesus is Lord. Listen, I, I'm, I'm, going to, I'm going to bring this to a close. I'm not done, but I'm going to, I'm going to stop. I just I want to end with this. They understood. And they knew that Paul. Was practicing holiness. They knew that Paul had changed his life. From following the scribes and Pharisees and the doctrine, the tradition of men to following Christ. They knew that Jesus came to do the will of God. He was embodied. The Godhead was fully bodied inside of him. And there was nothing else to be said about that. I come to do my father's will. That's it. I come to do my father's will. Your testimony is I'm coming to do God's will. I'm coming to do his will. Those spirits know that. They know it. This is why they answered and said, Jesus, I know. And Paul, I know. But who are you? Who are you? And that's only to those that claim to be what they are not. But for those of you that are, you've committed your life to the Lord. He knows you. He knows you. This is nothing to be afraid of. It's something to be aware of. He knows you. Now, if those evil spirits know you, if those evil spirits know who you are, how much more does God know who you are? He knows you too. 
The Bible is very plain, plain about that. Nevertheless, the foundation of God standeth sure, having this seal, the Lord knoweth them that are his. The Lord know everyone that's his. So does those spirits. We've been sealed until the day of redemption. If you live in, if you live in a sanctified life, if you are filled with the Holy Ghost, you are sealed. You are sealed until the day of redemption. And you'll find that in the scripture. I don't have time. I'm actually out of time right now. But you'll find that in the scripture. That you're sealed. Now in Ezekiel, in Ezekiel, the Lord was chastising Israel. He was chastising Israel. He was getting all on them. Devil, get behind me. The blood of Jesus is against you. He was chastising Israel. And he sent, now I refer to this angelic being as his secretary. This is me. I, I, I call him secretary. But there was an angelic being that had a marker and he had a, a paper. He had a tablet. And the Bible said that he was informed to go and to put a mark. Matter of fact, you, you should, everyone should come to the altar right now. Bless your Lord. He put a mark. He put a mark on them in the name of Jesus. 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 He put a mark on them. Bless your Lord. So that as the other servants went through the cap, that they were this time they did over with Nebuchadnezzar. As he as they went through the cap, the angelic being saw the mark on everybody that was marked. Only those that was marked. And that angelic being was told, uh, everyone else was told, those that have the mark, don't touch them. Don't touch those that's been marked. Don't bother them. They've been marked. They're coming. I've got them. I've got you. I've got you. So they have been marked. Everyone is not marked. So you need to understand and know that. That God knows who you are. And as we read about Job, the, 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 the continuation of the conversation where uh, God said, have you considered my servant Job? The answer to that was, yeah, but you have a hedge around them and I can't touch him. You, you've embodied them. I can't do nothing to them. And so he asked, if you move that hedge, then I'll make him react. But check this out. The confidence that God had, now God, God has some confidence in us. He has expectations in us. 
Not that we're so well, our, our righteousness is as filthy rags. But because we, we do have a weapon of warfare, and that is to yield ourselves to God. It is to yield ourselves to his word. That is our weapon of warfare. That's why we say at the beginning of our broadcast that, that uh, the, the best way to face opposition is by obedience to the word of God. So, Lord, move the hedge. And Job's response to that was, I came into the world with nothing. <laughs> Gregory, when you, when you came, did you have that, that Jeep, that battery-operated Jeep to ride around in? Yeah. No, you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Did you have a bike? No. None of us came out the womb with anything. <laughs> you got that for your birthday, huh? <laughs> okay. But you understand what I'm saying. Joe said, hey, that's the way it is. I've seen it before. But the hedge, the hedge, the integrity, we, we have integrity. We, we have integrity, right? We don't lie. We don't cheat. We don't steal. We ain't doing nothing but obeying God. And we having fun at what we do because it doesn't stop us from balling. It don't stop us from, from courting. It don't stop us from any of that. It just says that we not, that we cut out shenanigans, you know? And so listen, I'm, I'm going to stop right there. Let's bow our heads. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord God, we thank you for your grace. We thank you for your mercy your kindness, how you have blessed us throughout this day, this morning. Lord God, we just want to honor you for your word. We know and are aware that you know us, and we know and are aware that, that the enemy knows us as well. But Lord God, you have all things in control. All things are according to your will, and we bless you for it. We thank you, Lord God, for your kindness. We thank you, Lord God, for your word, this short exhortation this morning. Lord God, and we just want to honor you. We just want to continue to lift you up, Lord God, and to walk in the awareness of your will in our lives. We ask these blessings in the name of Jesus. Lord God, that you would bless each one that tuned in, each one that is listening to your word as well. Lord God, we thank you. We ask these blessings in the name of Jesus. Lord, we'll continue to give you praise and to give you glory in Jesus' mighty name. We're going to end this portion of our service. I ask that you would repeat after me. Let the words of my mouth, Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. O Lord, my strength, my strength and, my and my redeemer in Jesus name, in Jesus name. Amen. amen God bless you God bless you those that have joined in online God bless you thank you for tuning in and, and listening to the service you've been listening to inside the pages presented by the cornerstone of grace listen if you have any questions or anything uh, certainly we appreciate you and you know visit connectingtruth.org you can email us there if you are in the 
Los Angeles, San Bernardino, Riverside area. We're going to be in our leadership conference on October 5th, 6th, and climaxing on, on the 8th. And so I want to invite you, but certainly uh, we'll send out more um, regarding that as well on our broadcast. And so continue to pray for us as we are praying for you. Be blessed and share the broadcast with someone else. Bless them. Uh, be faithful. Pray for your pastor. And, and, you know, our prayers that you would find it, that you are part of and supporting a church of truth and power near you. Be blessed.